This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Baruch Hashem, where, this is the first, I think so. What? It's been before, but... Yeah. Baruch Hashem. Many of them, we have uh, we're thrilled. Um, so first of all, again, for hosting it, it's, uh, it's a schus because um, you know uh, I'll tell of a story. My the somebody who was nifted this year was Rabbi Arya Finkel, Racha. He was one of the Mira Shashivas, uh, our first cousin. He was a, a giant of a person. Um, his personality, everything about him was, was extraordinary. And he was the Chazium Neroyim. And one of the sore points in the mirror was that they, they, Roshani and Kippur, the place was jam packed. You know, everyone came, Roshani and Kippur, Yeshiva, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. Um, on Simchas Torah, because most people lived a little further away, kids, there's a schlep, and people, you know, whatever. So Simchas Torah was quite empty. Yeah, the Bakum were there, but they, but they were Americans. Simostar was a little bit empty, and they really wanted to have people um, come in. So Rabari Finkel saw my brother, and he wanted to give him like different Musr a little bit that he should come. It was like right before Sukkot. It was it was between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. So he tells my brother a label, "You cry with us. Why wouldn't you come laugh with us?" Why wouldn't you come rejoice with us? <laughs> that was the way he gave Musa. You know, it was it was a small, gentle reminder, but it was uh, with 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 humor and and niceness. You know, we think of a, of a shul and, and Yiddishkeit as a place of you know when you sin, where to go to faveris, where to to cry, where to where to beg. But but that people should find happiness there in 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 a in a, in a uh, shul community setting, we don't, we don't know anything about that, and it's very hard. I think it's one of the problems kids have that they associate Yiddishkeit with with hardships and with the difficult parts of life. But the expression of joy and getting together and singing and and you know just and and enjoying yontiv and and so on is is it's really really something that is um, missing I think and to keep making it and to, to be conscientious about it is, is a lot so I, I appreciate that. Um, even the Goyen whose yard site is tonight, the Goyen all year round was extremely distant from people. People did not get into the Goyen and people did not, he did not waste his time with people. On Sukkot he was open and people could come to him. It was the one Yontiv that he was extremely welcoming. People came to him and so on. So it's befitting the Goyen's yard site to, to create an environment of simple mitzvah and include, including community. Be'ez Hashem should keep doing it for many years and Be'ez Hashem should honor him. Why do you, why do you, why do you, the so I would I would say that the the Mitzias of Sukkah is inclusiveness. It's something that includes all the Kali Yisrael. So being that the the, the the essence of the Yantav is very inclusive, 
it says we learn the halacha is the pasuk says everybody in Kalos can sit in one sukkah. That's how you know that you don't need to have a, 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 a shavapruta. So I, I would assume that that's probably the reason behind it. Okay, so let's we'll we'll, we'll try to learn something of a Goyen's Torah on sukkahs. It's, it's appropriate to learn it um, tonight. And we'll try to explain, there's a famous going with a problem, and we'll try to um, work it through. The, the Gemara says two, two understandings as to what the sukkahs represent. One is the huts that Kaisal had in, in, in the Midbar. They needed to live in something, and as such, it represents living in the Midbar. Like the man, like the water, you had huts also. Another shot the Gemara is Ananiya covet clouds of glory. Um, it, 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 the, the, the Pasa keeps talking about the Anan that, that, that accompanied Kaisal and so on, but it's not clear what is unique about that. It said it smoothed out the road, it protected them, so it also sort of fall under that category of health of Kaisal. The Goyen has a very, very different shot. It's his Pirush and Shirashirim, which is, is his actually, he wrote it, and he says that really Sukkis is not. Um, Sukkis is not uh, the Ananiya covet just Stam. The Ananiya covet had accompanied Kal Yisrael. And when they sinned, it left them. And there was no Ananiya covet in Kal Yisrael. And then when they built the Mishkan, they were told they were forgiven. So, so Sukkot comes right after Yom Kippur, they were told it's forgiven, and the Anani covered came back into the Sukkot. <coughs> that's, the, that's what the, the Goyen explains, and that's why it's Sukkot and not Pesach, and so on. So the Goyen says, Sukkot is really a yontiv expressing some sort of measure of coming back, of, of HaKadosh Baruch re-accepting us, by the fact that he had cancelled the Anani covered beforehand, and reinstituted them, and that's what it's about. That's what the Goyen says. There's a problem. There's a Pasik in Nehemia. It's part of that same Vayivarach David that we say in, um, in the morning, every morning. This is a little more, this is a little lengthier. I mean, it's, it's part of the same parasha. But as the parasha goes on, it says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu took them into the desert, and he gave them man, and he gave them water, and, and so on. And your forefathers sinned. They were. They didn't listen to any mitzvahs. They they didn't remember the nisim I did. They wanted to go back to Mitzrayim. Af, he says, ki oslam egel masecha vayomazela hecha shalcha meretz Mitzrayim. They 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 made a golden calf, which is the aver that you keep as mechapan. And vayasin the otzes gedolos. They sinned terribly. So he continues and he says, You didn't let, even though they were so difficult, they sinned and they didn't, and they rebelled and they made an eagle, you did not cast them away. You didn't take away them to lead them the road. So from that even after they sinned, it was never taken away. That is a real problem to guard. What? So the going himself in another place. In 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 Adarzal Yo on Kisisa, 
he says there were two, he says there was an, the Onan that was there beforehand was temporary and it had certain drawbacks. It, not only the prophets could see it, not everybody could see it, and, and was only meant to be temporary, and this was more permanent. He does make some sort of distinctions, but I'd like to be more specific, and I'd like to understand um, more how, how making the Mishkan and having the Onan is actually the expression of Kabbalah's Tshuva. So, if you take a look at the Psukim, and I printed out the, the, the Psukim. If you take a look at the Onan, this is something I've started to mention. If you take a look at the Psukim before the Mishkan, it says there was a Mud Onan that would show them the way, and at night they had a Mud Eish. It says um, the 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 Vayir and you have Vayisomer Onan Mipneihem. You have a sort of onan, a, 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 a cloud that stands and walks ahead of them. The, from when they finish the Mishkan, at the end of Kudei, you have Vayichasa Onas Olmoid, you have the onan covering it, you have the onan Ukvoida Shemolis Amishkan, Ubalas Onan Me'ala Mishkan, and so on. And, and it says they actually use that onan. So the onan was now on the Mishkan. It covered the Mishkan, it was in the Mishkan, and so on. So there's a difference between the, the, the onan somehow found itself in expressing itself in two ways. The onan is mentioned in three contexts. You have the onan when, you know, with, as an Amud onan, you have the onan in Matan Torah. And then you have this Onan and the Mishkan. So let's discuss a little bit, let's, let's understand what these Onans represent, what they are. So all, all of the Ananim that we're talking about do represent some sort of Gilu Shechina. HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears to Klal Yisrael Ki Ba'onan Eroa Lakapores HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a cloud. What does that mean? That means just like when you have a cloud covering something, you know that there's something inside, but you don't know what it is. HaKadosh Baruch Hu never appears to us in a way that we actually can, quote-unquote, put our hands on it. That's by definition not possible. But we have a very strong sense of HaKadosh Baruch Hu there, guiding us, protecting us, teaching us, answering out Phyllis. In other words, even on Har Sinai, we didn't see, the Onan took away the ability to see, it obfuscated, it made it unclear, but it was very, but it was very clear that there is, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us what to do. In other words, an Onan, HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears only with an Onan. The Avod of Yom Kippur took place in the Kodesh Hakadoshim, which means it, it's it's the most it is the most powerful um, presence of Hashem in the world. But you can't walk in and and touch base with it. You need to cover it with an Anan, because that's really the way in which Akadosh Baruch Hu appears. Akadosh Baruch Hu appears enveloped in an Anan. 
that's what the onan is. So the onan always marks the presence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and the onan um, is is a way of telling us there is, but you know, you cannot really have a clear understanding. If I can give an example, I, I guess we'll we'll sort of make it current in some ways. Um, there are there are um, there are certain imaging techniques where you see you can actually see what's inside. Basically, they can actually see what's inside. There are other techniques where you know there's something there and you can describe it. But you have to draw your own picture. It's not you're not seeing a picture. You're starting getting a sense. These waves are being blocked here. These waves are being blocked here. These waves are changing here, and you have to make a. But the picture you see is not. It's it's not like a picture that you took the direct picture. It, it, it's it's something that you sort of have a sense of it, and you have to reinterpret it. That's Hashras Hashchina. That's Tanan, and so on. There are two radically different arrangements of Hashem to us. One is HaKadosh Baruch Hu leads the way for us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is beyond us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, 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 is a higher God's, the paradigm that Hashem sets for us to emulate is beyond us. It's higher and I need to follow that lead. And that's um, and that's at first glance seems to be um, really a way to go about it. And the 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 advantage that is we really see our Kaddish Baruch Hu as being beyond us, Kaddish Baruch Hu being higher than us, and we follow that lead. The disadvantage of that is that that's a temporary arrangement. I can decide not to follow someone's lead. Someone says, you know, I can, I can take it from where you are and move you forward 10 steps. At the third step, I can say, you know, I'm kind of tired of it. I think I'll stop here. Or vice versa. The, the, the teacher can get tired and say, I think we'll call it quits over here. Um, because it's not, it's not really part of me. It's really something outside of me that that I am following to better myself. Okay, so you know at some point yes, some point not. But when something is within something else, when something is part of me, so if somebody, let, let, let's take an example. Everyone has a sense of his own body. So let's say a person um, his abilities, his physical abilities to move are X. And a coach comes along and it says, I can make it X plus. So we try it, it's a little tough and it's a little rough and at some point we decide we're not going to make a Parnassar playing basketball, it's not going to happen, in this, in this Gilgal at least. And we tell him, I, you know, I thank you for your effort and I'm really glad what you did, that's it. On the other hand, God forbid a person has a stroke and he recovers but he needs a lot of rehab to get back to where he was or close to where he was. People don't spare an effort. It's grueling. Sometimes it's extremely grueling. And people, so here we have a situation two people, they're both trying to get to the same point. So the guy who was a former basketball player is now going to do grueling rehab to get to that pretty much place. He doesn't want to stop where the, where the, 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 the bookkeeper, the accountant stopped. Why? I mean, is it, is it objectively good to jump three feet up in the air or not? What's, what's, the answer is, 
if it's something that you perceive as being beyond you, it's nice, but it's not vital. I'm not going to do it with Mr. Snefish. If it's me and self, then I will do it at all costs because I don't want to lose part of myself. So for this basketball player, or um, you know, being able to jump up so high and getting the ball in his pool, he is, he's going to make every effort humanly possible to get to that point. So we have two ways of following Shechin and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. One is perception that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is behind the noble and the beyond us. And one is the perception that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is us. That's one half of the story. The flip side is just as true. If I have a Talmud, and I try hard and I work with him, at some point, it, 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 you know, I, I, I reach a limitation. So I say, you know, we've had a great year together, we've had a great two years together. I, I think we've gotten as far as we can. You know, let's, let's make him see this prayer and let's move on. If it's a child, you, you can blow up. You can, but you'll never say, you know what, I, I think I, I was mechanically for enough years, I think we'll call it quits at this point. It doesn't, doesn't happen. I mean, the reason why you blow up at a child more, because with a Talmud you have the migu, you have the possibility of saying, move on, you're sometimes a little more patient. With your kids, since you can't say move on, you're not so patient. A lot of times the two are connected. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu being in the Mishka, so you have an, an, an Amud Anan, which is a standing pillar, so to speak, and, and, and walking in front of Kali and then you have uh, Akadish Baruch Hu dwelling within Kaiser. When it says that Akadish Baruch Hu is within the Mishkan, it means his Mishkan is his home, so to speak. His home means this is where Akadish Baruch Hu chose really to express himself. To, 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 this is the point from which he wants to emanate. It sort of is a, a, a situation of being inseparable. Your place is the place that you're enveloped in. So two things changed when HaKadosh Baruch Hu moved from being an Amud Ha'anan, walking in front of us, and, and to a Mishkan where HaKadosh Baruch Hu dwells within, it changed HaKadosh Baruch changed Kapeas. I want to add another point along this line. A bit of a deeper point, I think, and and and, and that really drives home the point of uh, uh, of the uh, of, of the Mishkan in this context. Let's let's take the following um, let's take the following uh, scenario. Imagine a person. Uh, the Gemara says in Yuma that sometimes when a person is machzegrushasay, when a person takes back. A, a, a spouse that he divorced, it's a stronger bond than first time round. And let's let's take the let's take an exa- simple example. A person has to choose a product, an item, a school, whatever you want. A person has a choice. He has a choice which schools to send his child to, and he naturally chooses to go to Washington. That's obvious. I don't know what you do if you don't live in the area, but 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 if you live in the area for sure. So now. Um, so his choice is is um, based on this is seems to be the best, and that's why I'm choosing it. If we, you know, and that's a person is unhappy with whatever it is that he chose, 
and a person um, goes somewhere else. Person is then not happy and he comes back to the original. So something has changed over here. It's not that I have chosen this as the best product of different products, but rather this is become my default. It's just like um, you know a child who, who he leaves home for many many reasons. He goes on to school, he goes to work, he gets married, but home is always a sort of a place you come back to. There's no difference in that sense. The, 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 the point of distinction between choosing something and coming back to something is a world of difference. When a person is a tzaddik gummer, and a person chooses right, then what he demonstrates is that in my opinion, this is best, which is great and it's good. A person who chose right went off and looked around and came back again. Has a, it, that's a very, very different statement. It's not only a statement that I've now choose this to be the best. Last I thought this is the best, two years ago I thought that's the best, now I think this is the best. I've now come back to it and have made it a sort of my default setting. I've made it my home. Tshuva is very fascinating. We would think the following. The word tshuva, return, why do we return? Let's say, uh, uh, let's give you an example. A person buys car X one year. He runs it in the snap next two years down the road, three years, whenever he's changed the car, he decides to go for car Y. He's not happy with it. The third year he'll choose car X. The word return is really not. I'm choosing car X. Yes, in a sense, it's it's the same car, but that's irrelevant. I've now just you know gone through it. The word return, and just like we gave that Gemara when somebody's masigushasai, when a person returns back, he's making a statement that this is really my root and my default setting. So there is something a person accomplishes with the second time round coming back that he really didn't accomplish first time round. Sukkot is a yontiv of Balei Tshuva. It's the yontiv of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is more than doing right. The first time round that we choose, Shavuos, is the yontiv that we chose what's right. Roshani Yom Kippur is, Yom Kippur is the yontiv that we chose to come back. That's, so when we come back, there's a very, very different perception. I want to tell you a fascinating story that, that, that happened. In, in, it wasn't in Sukkah, but it was a house. My Rebbe was Reb Nachum, Reb Nachum was possibly the, 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 in the mirror. He was the biggest London magachir that the mirror produced. And he was the one that drew everybody to the mirror. When I, when I came there in the late 60s, through the 70s, and there was Reb Nachum. He, he was a person who did nothing but sat and learned. His, his mind was in it, his heart was in it, he breathed it, he couldn't care much about anything else. He lived in a basement underground. It was so wretched that it was, it was so underground that the army declared it an official shelter. It was, it was, it was certified shelter because that's how much underground it was. It was enough underground inside Iraq. And, and there was kind of a window that sort of, that's where he lived. He had three rooms there. So 
Um, so I was, so I used to learn with him. Um, I learned with him, with his son, was my professor, so we would learn together with the father an hour, an hour and a half every day, like in the early afternoon. That was, I was so fantastic. Because he had, he had chavrusas, you know, he would learn with Fakr, it wasn't uh, that unusual, but, but, but I, I was, I, it was, th- that slot was just myself and, and his son. There was an old Rav who had learned the mirror. He had gone to America, he had become like a very successful, he, he was a rabbi, but he was sort of a, he did, he, he did the circuit. He was, he, he always, he did the benedictions at the Republicans, the Democrats, the, the fundraisers. He, he, he was a man of the world. He, he, the, the yeshiva setting was kind of small on him, as they say in the vid, katanalai. And he was a, he was a fine person, he was an Arab person, but he was a man who got around and, you know, and it was all over. He retired, got older, retired in Shalayim and, we sort of ran out of steam in these things. He started wanted to learn again, so he he, he would ask different ask different people to learn with him. And Ezra Nachum agreed, and once a week to learn with him at And this person would was like slotted Tuesdays right after we finished. He would come and learn. He started coming earlier and earlier, sort of cutting an hour of time. So the first one or two times, we didn't say anything. The second, the the the. Um, and finally, like the third time, he really was like, he moved a half hour early, but it was earlier. He also sort of looked at his clock, made some sort of comment of it being a bit early. Like, it was very, they wouldn't tell somebody off, but what else? So this person said, let me tell you something. He said, there was a Balagola in Europe. A Balagola, I, I hope everybody knows what Balagola is. Balagola is a guy who drives horse and horse and buggy. And he decided he's going to see the big world. So he went for many, many days. I, I mean, I don't know how far he could go, but in, in those in those days, the big world was was uh, <laughs> Europe or, or you know, Europe. It was it was whatever Guberni was the Guberni outside. It wasn't whatever. He traveled for a whole bunch of times. He comes back, and you know, after davening, everybody crowds around to hear. And he said, Rabbi he said, I've been all over the world and there is nothing like the base Medrash in the world. So you'll tell me that who, so, so who's this great connoisseur that's saying it, Yankel the Balagala? He says, the world-renowned figure statesman, Bilam, says, that's the, So he said, Reb Nachum, I've been everywhere. All the places that everybody wants to be at. There is nothing like this room over here in the whole world. That's the way he said it. And, uh, that it was very, it was touching because he really sort of was, he was sort of, it was his lifetime of, of, of sort of, you know, he was explaining a lifetime. But the point, what, what I'm trying to bring out the Nimshal is the um, returning. In other words, when we do tshuva, we, I, I had a, 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 a personal experience, you know, sometimes somebody tells you Musa that you really take the heart. I, I grew up from, I grew up kind of, uh, you know, a fairly insulated environment. I mean, I didn't, I grew up in New York, it's, uh, Manhattan, you can't be that insulated, but still, I, I, where, where I was, everybody was, you know, everybody was kind of traditional from side. I, I was worth Nesha Torah, and um, at some point, I was in charge of making schedule programs for middle um, um, division, whatever it was. And a fellow came, he had become 
about Shuvah a few years before. He had sort of yeshivas, he was there for a year or so. His brother did extremely well. He didn't do so well. He went back, basically um, sort of dropped it all. He was an investment banker, lived in Manhattan, in Chelsea. He owned a condo. He was, you know, he, he, he lived a full life. This was a few years later he'd come back. And he was asking me to make, I was trying to make a schedule for him, and he was kind of negative. He doesn't want this, he wants this, he wants that. Finally, I wasn't that experienced, so my patients went out, and I said, you know, if you really don't want any of it, why'd you come back for? And he looked me straight in the eye, and he said, Rabbi, I assure you that if I would have found, if I would have found there one thing to stay for, I wouldn't be back here. And it was a very powerful message for me, you know, because I'd been sort of all my life in a certain cocoon and I could fantasize about, you know, what's out there. He came back. And when you come back, um, it's a very different, what you're describing is something very different. When you come back, it's a recognition that this is home. This is where I am. This is who I am. This is where I belong. So. In, 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 it says that the Tzaddikim Gemurim used to sing a song by, by Sinzbe Sheva and Balak Shuba did. Each one has a certain song. The, the, the Tzaddik says, I chose right to start with and I chose well. And that's a very important song and, that's, and that has its own culture, Mayim. And about Shuva says, I've come back home. The word Shuva means to come back. It doesn't mean to choose right second time. I've come back to something. The, um, and that's the pshat, the anani akavod, the mishkan means it's a home. In other words, hashroas hashchina, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is perceived not as a goal on top of a mountain to, to reach up, but it's who I am and where I belong. And I may stray from home, and I may not be home, and I may be absent for a while, but I can never disown home. It's a very, very different so it has two ramifications for us. It opened up the world of tshuva for us. It helped us understand also that we gain something by having strayed come back. Not that a person should stray, but we have an understanding. And, and you see it in Kalisro. You see people that have been estranged from Yiddishkeit, maybe generations, and it's a homecoming for them. It's not, it's not something new, but it's as if something, it's, it's where they should have been all the time. And, and there's a sense of that, and that's incredible. That's the gift of Hashroah Sashchin in the Mishkan. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu went, when we came out of Mitzrayim, HaKadosh Baruch was an Amud Onam. He was a, a, um, a, a cloud that was beyond us and leading us to where we were not. We were following a lead to something we were not and to grow. That's, and, and, and that's certainly the first step in understanding Tov and Ra. We lost that because we, we disowned the ownership and we said, you know, we're not, it's not for us. You know, When we came back, so we had a different attitude to Baruch and HaKadosh Baruch came back to us in a different format. Now the Onan would fill the Mishkan. HaKadosh Baruch had constructed his home in Kalisrael. That was his home. That's, that's, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even if he would leave us, he would always, so to speak, pine to come back. And even if we would leave, we would always have like a, like a, 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 a sort of something pulling us back and bring us back again. That's the Ananiya Kabbalah Zohar to the Mishkan. 
it's it's it is the antiv of tshuva, and everybody, um, you know, it, it, whether you're born from or not, everybody is is in the process of returning. Everybody has where to come back to, and we should be zochem to to have that sense of, of mishkan and onan and and come back again and 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 feel that it's home. Be tugged by that yearning to come home and, and come back home as Hashem. What? No, Los Arnon means yes. That, that there was no, no. So Los Arnon means he protected. No, that Muran went, but but the, the sense of Ashura Sashchina wasn't there. In other words, yes, yes, correct, correct, correct. Okay. I have to. I, I'm. I'm an. I'm an. I'm a. Uh, okay. I exclusively. I'm an oval. I. I can't stay longer. Please stay in the. Jo- okay. Okay. I could my. I could my. <laughs> He's the Valgala. <laughs> He'll tell you what's in the world outside of Olney. This is my mother. Oh, thank you for sharing John with us. We're thrilled. At Yisraelit. Ken. Ken, a yofi. Anachnu gerne 25 shana v'aretz. Ken, o'malo, Ken, Ken. 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 Ken,